<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey friends, thanks for joining a podcast. I want to tell you about something really new and exciting called Patreon.com slash BP Show. It's a great way to get uh, exclusive interviews with newsmakers, voicemails, personalized videos, political commentary, and early access to a special podcast called The Making of Bernie Sanders. Go to patreon.com slash bpshow, patreon.com slash bpshow. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Yeah, I saw a great big turkey in the Rose Garden at the White House yesterday. And then two more turkeys showed up. Hey, what do you say, folks? Here we are on a Wednesday, November 22nd, the day before Turkey Day. And it's great to see you today. Thank you so much for joining us. It is the Bill Press Show, uh, you know what we do every day. We uh, gather up the headlines of the day, the big stories of the day, bring them to you f- to start off your day, and then give you a chance to uh, gobble about them, uh, talk about them, tweet about them on Twitter, at BP Show. We're coming to you live from Washington, D.C., but we're with you wherever you are in this great land of ours with a great lineup of guests today for this day before Thanksgiving and a great bit of topics. Yes, Donald Trump finally come breaking his silence and coming out supporting the pedophile over Democrat Doug Jones down in Alabama. He says, I'd rather have a pervert uh, than a Democrat. Says you a lot about his, tells you a lot about his values. Also tells you about his values when he says, we're going to let the big providers, Verizon and Comcast, uh, rule the internet, make us charge to go to certain sites. We're going to reverse again another Obama policy, which was pro-consumer. Uh, this is pro-big content provider. Uh, and 50,000 people here uh, from Haiti in the United States here since the devastating earthquake back in 2010. Donald Trump says... You are out of here. We're throwing you out of the country. They've committed no crimes. Just because they are Haitian and black, they've got to leave the United States. The racist president and his policies continue to rule. Oh, so much to talk about. Send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. We jump right in, but first... This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories for you on this Wednesday morning... Bill, more bad news for the ride-sharing app Uber. Oh, yeah. In a Bloomberg report published Tuesday, yesterday it was revealed that two hackers accessed the personal info of 50 million riders and 7 million drivers in an October 2016 breach. Yeah. October 2016. Former CEO Travis Kalanick was informed a month later. The general public just finding out now. 
here's what happened. Uber, over a year later. Over a year later, Uber paid the hackers $100,000 to keep uh, quiet about the breach at the time. The hackers also agreed uh, to erase the info that they got. So they stole a bunch of login right. credentials. Of course, we know that earlier in the year, uh, Travis Kalanick, the CEO, was pushed out because he just did not know how to deal with sexual harassment claims, um, along a number of other things. He just didn't really know how to run a company. Uh, this was something else that happened under his reign. I think that um, Uber's head of security was let go over this breach as well. So I don't know. I don't, I don't have Uber anymore. I do Lyft. Not surprised. I know a lot of people who do uh, have switched from Uber to Lyft. But uh, not surprising uh, that a company, big company, be hacked. But, you know, to keep it quiet for over a year? It's a little wild. Yeah. Uh, similar to Equifax, by the way. Uh, do you know who LeVar Burton is, Bill? He is not LeVar yes. Ball. No, I do, but... But you just gave me this look as if you thought I said LeVar Ball, right? Mm. At, at the first glance, yes. right? Okay. right. For, so How many people named LeVar? LeVar Burton was on Star Trek, the TV show in oh, the okay. 90s, okay? okay. He, was, yeah. he wore that, uh, that little headset thing. He was also the host of Reading Rainbow, the, uh, the kids' uh, TV show. Now, LeVar Burton is not LeVar Ball. Uh, LeVar Burton is on Twitter. LeVar Ball is not. LeVar Burton uh, has been mistaken as LeVar Ball by many Trump supporters uh, over the past 24 hours who were very upset about that CNN interview with Chris yeah, Cuomo. yeah. Uh, there is a public war with LeVar Ball and Donald Trump that we'll talk about later in the show. But one of the tweets, you're a has-been actor with a thief for a son and Trump is the president of the United States. Get the picture? <laughs> yeah. Wrong person. Wrong person. Trump supporters just getting dumber and dumber every day. On TV and online, this is the Bill Press Show. Hey, what do you know, folks? Yeah, I went down to the White House yesterday to see a great big turkey. Uh, he was there, and then two other turkeys showed up. Uh, yeah, he pardoned those two. What do you say? It's great to see you. It is the Bill Press Show here this day before. <laughs> yeah, there you go. From the Rose Garden, direct. Uh, <laughs> great to see you on this day before Thanksgiving, Wednesday, November 22nd. Hello, 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 and welcome. Uh, welcome to the uh, Bill Press Show. That's us coming to you live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, and our studio right here on Capitol Hill. Uh, reaching out to you wherever you are uh, in the United States of America, coast to coast, you'll find us with you on the radio. Yes, on television, yes, and online, online on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Uh, on, uh, <clears throat> and by the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, we remind you again, ask you again, please, please subscribe. We want to get that number of subscribers up there. We've set ourselves a new goal, and you can help us make it. Um, most of you watch on YouTube, but just a not everybody put it this way who watches on YouTube has yet to subscribe. Uh, so that's why we always encourage you to do so on television. How about it? Free speech TV. You're looking good today. And on the great WCPT out in uh, the greater Chicago area. Hello, hello, hello. As well as Indiana talks uh, in Indianapolis and the rest of Indiana. Uh, well, We've got a great lineup of guests today. Niels Lisniewski from Roll Call, uh, 
favorite young reporter of ours, will be joining us uh, in just about a half an hour. Then we'll be joined for the next hour as a friend of Bill by Igor Volsky from Center for American Progress Action Fund. And Igor and I will be joined by Nikki Schwab, a reporter for The Daily Mail. Uh, and the stories we'll be going through, of course, Donald Trump finally breaking his silence yesterday on Roy Moore. Uh, the Trump FCC reversing Obama's plan to help consumers by ensuring that there are rules in place for easy, free access to the Internet, so-called net neutrality. Donald Trump's FCC wants to do away with it. Donald Trump also wants to get rid of 50,000 people from Haiti who came here uh, as part of uh, our relief program to, uh, to uh, flee the ravages of the earthquake back in 2010. Donald Trump says, get out of here by June next year. And CBS and PBS also told Charlie Rose, get out of here. Uh, after uh, some eight women came forward with stories about his sexual allegations. Uh, more did yesterday from CBS News headquarters and the president of CBS and then the president of PBS dropped him like a hot potato. Where do we start? Let's start. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. And on top of all of that, right? So I wake up this morning. I got my iPhone. Just shortly after I'm heading downstairs to get a little breakfast, my iPhone starts, you know, vibrating, vibrating. What's going on? Donald Trump was up. This is an hour and a half ago. Donald Trump up and um, tweeting. What's he tweeting about? Now, there are a lot of serious problems, right, facing this country right now. Tweeting about climate change, about gun safety, about even about net neutrality. No, no, no. He was tweeting about LeVar Ball. Again, LeVar Ball. And, of course, he has to work Hillary into it. Uh, if I, It's always hard to keep up with his, with, up with his Trumps, uh, <laughs> Trumps, with his tweets. But let me check here. Here we go. Yes. Uh, still talking about LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball, yeah. Uh, come on, Donald. I got it. it yeah. So it wasn't the it White wasn't House. It wasn't the White House. I got it. It wasn't the White House. It wasn't the State Department. It wasn't Father Laval's so-called people on the ground in China that got his son out of a long-term prison sentence. All quotes. It was me. That's that's the thing. It's got to be all about him. It was me. Too bad. Lavar is just a poor man's version of Don King, but without the hair. Just think. And then he goes on. By the way, giving Donald Trump more than 140 characters, biggest mistake Twitter ever made. Right? This is the biggest reason why why Twitter's decision to up from 140 to 280 is just, it's insane. And you know they did it for Trump. He's the number one Twitter user. Yeah. LeVar, he says, you could have spent the next five to ten years during Thanksgiving with your son in China but no NBA contract to support you. But remember, LeVar, shoplifting is not a little thing. It's a really big deal, especially in China. Ungrateful fool. He also said something about, I can't find it now, about, oh, yeah, here it is. With, with Hillary, he works her into it. The ungratefulness is, I mean, he is obsessed with the fact that LeVar Ball didn't kiss his ass, right? The ungratefulness is something I've never seen before. If you get someone's son out of prison, he should be grateful to you, period. 
I don't care if Hillary got my kid out of prison as much as I hate the woman, I would thank her corrupt ass. I'm going to keep speaking out. Apparently, you know, my former opponent is obsessed with my speaking out. He is obsessed with her, period. But first of all, to say, I this is Thanksgiving. I hate her. I mean, come on, Donald Trump. And then I even thank her corrupt ass. I don't go back to a little fact that keeps getting lost. These three basketball players shoplifting a Louis Vuitton store in, in China. I mean, how dumb can you get? Of course it was wrong. It's hardly armed robbery. Uh, at the same time, China clearly didn't want to make this a huge international incident. The kids had already, the young men, sorry, had already been freed. They were already out of prison. They were already back at their hotel, the Hyatt Regency, not bad digs with the rest of their teammates before Donald Trump even talked to President Xi. So the whole idea, I got his kid out of prison. He did not. And the scariest thing about this is that Donald Trump is endorsing five to ten year right. long sentences for, for shoplifting. Yeah, right. Uh huh. In the in the United States, where he is president, shoplifting traditionally is a pretty minor crime in, in the sense that it could just literally be a fine that is slapped on you or, or a literal slap on the wrist. And the whole thing that triggered this is he doesn't believe that they have lavished enough praise on him. That LeVar Ball has not said, Donald Trump is the greatest president of all 45 so far because he got my son out of prison. I will be eternally grateful. I will vote for him no matter what he runs. I mean, you know what I mean? That's what Donald Trump says. You, can, you cannot slobber enough praise on him to keep him happy. But I can't repeat, here he is, president of the United States with the world's problems on his shoulders. And he gets up, and that's what he wants to treat about. Let him do his political affairs, and let me handle my son, and let's just stay in our lane. Yeah, good point, LeVar. Although I would like LeVar to keep digging in. If we're being <laughs> honest, I, I, I want more LeVar Ball versus Donald Trump. I hope you will. Yeah, I hope you will. Uh, yeah, so it was a very, very crowded Rose Garden yesterday down at uh, the White House. They invited a lot of uh, federal employees. And, of course, just with Donald Trump's family, you could fill up the Rose Garden. Um, if those of you follow me on Twitter, and if not, why not, uh, saw the photos that I tweeted out yesterday of uh, Donald and Baron Melania and Baron standing there. Baron didn't look too happy, by the way, but he's, uh, he's, 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 he's gotten a lot taller than he, than he was, uh, last time I'd seen, I, I had seen him. Um, good looking young man there alongside of his uh, father and mother, uh, and then uh, Ivanka was there with her kids. Uh, Tiffany was there. Tiffany very seldom shows up at White House functions. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump uh, doing his best at that little presidential slapstick we see every time there's a Thanksgiving uh, turkey pardon. Uh, the turkey's name was Drumstick, 47 pounds. Donald Trump. Hello, Drumstick. Hi, Drumstick. <laughs> Oh, drumstick, I think he's going to be very happy. And uh, he tells uh, everybody, drumstick, drumstick weighs in as Donald Trump is wishing everybody a, a happy Thanksgiving. On behalf of Melania, Barron, and the entire Trump family, I want to wish you and all Americans a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving. 
And I hear that beautiful turkey. <laughs> uh, and then he stepped away from the podium and stepped over to the table where uh, Drumstick was. You know, these, these turkeys, I've seen them now several times. The turkeys they get for the way, they're very well behaved. I don't know how they do it. They drug them, I think. How old are the turkeys? Because they they're huge. They're not that old because turkeys don't live long. They, they look bigger than any turkey I've ever seen. They fatten them up. They fatten them up just for the ceremony. Yeah, for for the for the White House thing. You know, <laughs> they do a contest as which turkey farm, and then you know they they pick out those turkeys. And you know, it's it's like foie gras. I think I think they're force feeding. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, uh, it's a big ass bird. Is what I tweeted out yesterday. Uh, Donald Trump steps over to the table and does the official act. Drumstick, you are hereby. Uh, and everybody applauds, but Barron. Uh, he was pretty stoic about the whole thing. Uh, uh, and Donald Trump couldn't help uh, help himself. He has to drag uh, Barack Obama into it. Uh, and he mentioned that these two farms, uh, these two uh, birds, rather. Now it was so it was drumstick and wishbone. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> that doesn't. Uh, portend a very bright future for either one of them. Uh, they go to some farm called Gobbler's Feast or Gobbler's Rest. Gobbler's Rest down in Virginia somewhere uh, where the two birds, the last two birds that uh, Barack Obama pardoned, Tater and Tot, uh, are now being uh, enjoying the rest of their days. Uh, and Donald Trump said, uh, you know, uh, I wish I could have, I wish I could have revoked the pardon on them. As many of you know, I have been very active in overturning a number of executive actions by my predecessor. However, I have been informed by the White House Counsel's Office that Tater and Tot's pardons cannot, under any circumstances, be revoked. I'm glad that Barron got a front row seat, finally gets to hear how yeah. his father <laughs> is ruining the environment, uh, killing the Internet disrupting the military with these yeah. transgender directives and throwing immigrants out of the country. And throwing out of the country. And pardoning a turkey. Right, indeed. Uh, but then, so then it was a little break, and uh, Donald Trump uh, takes off with his family for Mar-a-Lago. Uh, on his way to the helicopter, this is the new thing now, he cannot resist stopping talking to reporters. And all this question about would he come out and say the right thing and condemn Roy Moore would he say, like Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan and others have done, almost every Republican in the Senate, this is not a man we want in the United States Senate, would he do the right thing in Alabama? Hell no. He did just the opposite. He, in fact, in effect, endorsed Roy Moore, uh, said he would might even go down and campaign for him, and said, of course, um, people that Roy Moore is accused of doing some very, very, very bad things, but Donald Trump says, Hey, like me, he denied it. Roy Moore denies it. That's all I can say. He denies it. And and by the way, he totally denies it. Oh, not he doesn't just deny it. He totally denies it, right? And so it's in Donald Trump's world, like with his over a dozen women accusing him of sexual assault, Donald Trump denies it. Therefore, in his mind, it didn't happen. Roy Moore denies it. Therefore, in his mind, it didn't happen. And is he a pervert? Yes. Is he, is he a sexual predator? Yes. 
Is he guilty of sexual assault? Yes. But in Donald Trump's mind, that's better than a Democrat. We don't need a, not only a Democrat, but a liberal. Donald Trump. We don't need a liberal person in there, a Democrat. Jones, I've looked at his record. It's terrible in crime. It's terrible in the border. It's terrible in the military. Yes, indeed. So there you there you got it. Says a lot again about the value system of Donald Trump. I'll vote for a pervert over a Democrat. I'll vote for a pedophile over any Democrat. I'll vote for a sexual predator over any Democrat because it's more important to me to have a tax cut rather than uphold the moral values of this country said by a man who calls himself a Christian. And speaking of people who call themselves Christians, we know that there was one supporter of Donald Trump, I, I'm sorry, of Roy Moore down in Alabama early on, who said, hey, what's wrong with banging a, a teenager? After all, in the Holy Family, Mary was a teenager and and Joseph was an older man, right? So there's not, Roy Moore is just like St. Joseph. Uh, just like, This is just like the Holy Family. And there's a pastor down in Alabama yesterday. Uh, his name is Flip. Anytime your pastor's name is Flip, get out of church, right? Unless you're an R&B singer uh, or a church uh, gospel singer, yeah, your, your name's mean, not allowed to be Flip. No, no, You no. can't do it. This is a pastor. Uh, Flip Benham says, uh, yes, indeed, uh, here's why. You go after young women because they're so pure. The lady that he's married to now, Miss Kayla, is a younger woman. He did that because, you know, there's something about a purity of a young woman. And there's something about something that's good, that's true, that's straight. And he looked for that. You know, that's what that's what pedophiles say. There's something so pure about an, a young body, Right whether it be a young boy or a young girl. That is sick, 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 sick. And here's a pastor endorsing that behavior, right? You want to get them before they're ruined by anybody else. I mean, it's just, you know. Not only did he endorse it, he also admitted that Roy Moore did what he's being accused yeah, of doing. Yes, yes. This is a guy. I can't Roy Moore is denying the allegations. He is saying that they did not happen. This personal but, friend of Roy Moore is saying he went after young girls. He but, did it. But of course you understand it because it's so pure. By the way, you know, Jamie, you just said he denies it. He, he, and, and Donald Trump did too, of course. He does deny, but he really doesn't. I mean, in, in the sense that when he talked to Sean Hannity, he said, well, the difference is I never dated Yes, I dated young women, but I never dated them without asking their mother's permission first. So he's trying to have it both ways here. Uh, and finally, with uh, Flip Benham, he's on a radio talk show host with two conservative hosts uh, down in Alabama, uh, and he tries to get them to go along. Is it all right for a man who's 30 years old to date and court a young lady who is 14 years old with their parents' consent. Is it or is it no. not at my house? No. no. No, it's not. Not in the oh, 80s. No. That was easy. That was easy. That was very easy to just say no. How could he just say, "Is you tell me, is it okay to date a 14-year-old as long as the parents give permission?" I, I don't even know the name of those two hosts, but good for them. No. Not at my house. No. No, no, no it's not. Not no. in the 80s. No. No. 
<laughs> you yeah. hear him at the end? Shoot that the, the pastor. Who determined that? The the laws in this country. Moral decency. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say, just without the law, just moral decency. You know, uh, I think anybody out there with a 14-year-old daughter or a 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old daughter must shudder when they hear something like that. On that subject, um, Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose, two days ago, three days ago, Charlie Rose was running high as one of the top journalists in this country. Uh, yesterday, he, we told you he had been suspended by Bloomberg News, CBS, and PBS because of accusation of eight women who came forward and said uh, he had um, uh, sexually abused them, uh, suggestive practices and language and walking around naked in front of them and, and making it just an impossible workplace situation. Uh, yesterday, three more women from CBS News came forward, at least one of them uh, uh, publicly, uh, her name, making her name public, uh, at which point CBS News just dropped Charlie Rose, fired him, period, not coming back. PBS shortly after did the same thing. Haven't heard from Bloomberg, but I'd be surprised if Bloomberg hadn't fired Charlie Rose as, uh, as well. And it was a dramatic moment yesterday morning when the CBS News woke up to their viewers with Gail King and Nora O'Donnell and no Charlie Rose. Nora O'Donnell goes first. This will be investigated. This has to end. This behavior is wrong, period. Period. Good for her. Obviously shaken because uh, it had been five years since the three of them sat at that desk together. Uh, a great team, by the way, a great show. Uh, and they certainly had uh, camaraderie and friendship that was obvious, respected each other. Uh, and this this thing hit like a bombshell. Whether they had any idea or not, had heard any rumors or not, who knows, uh, but they were very quick to disassociate themselves uh, from Charlie Rose. And it was pretty dramatic just to see the two women in the middle of the table, not over to the sides of the table, the two women sitting there side by side, almost as if they needed each other to get through this period. Uh, after Norodana, it was Gail King who says, Charlie Rose may have been our buddy, may have been our co-anchor, but he doesn't get a pass. He doesn't get a pass because I can't stop thinking about the anguish of, the, of these women. What happened to their dignity? What happened to their bodies? What happened maybe to even their careers? I can't stop thinking about that and the pain that they're going through. All right. You know, so the, the, I just want to say one thing about it. Yes. Those are, those are two very powerful women who are very, very good at their jobs, and they showed some incredible strength yesterday morning as they sat together at that top of that desk. And, and the, my, my number one thing here is that I feel awful for the victims. I I also feel awful for for Nora and Gail because they they yeah, lived under yeah. the guise that that Charlie Rose was a respectable human being and far different than than these other men that we've heard about in the news like Harvey Weinstein and even someone like Al Franken. It's just it's just an awful story all around. Oh yeah, and, no, absolutely. You know, I, I applaud them for going imagine on air being yesterday. that close yeah. to him, yeah. and it was it was a very very close team. So. So it is the day before Thanksgiving, and we thought that we should uh, help celebrate here, help you celebrate here uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Um, and each of us, Jamie, uh, Peter's, too bad Peter's not here. He's out of town. Well, but. Peter, so Bill, Peter usually does the uh, Thanksgiving hotline show, right. turkey hotline yes. show. When I'm not here. But uh, he he effectively plays the, the butterball hotline, <laughs> uh, uh, right. but uh, Southern style. So Got it. So um, 
we're going to each of us share a Thanksgiving recipe for you, uh, Jamie and Ray and I, throughout the show. But you know what? We're not going to have time for all three of them right now, I don't think. I think right? we can fit it in, yeah. We can go a little over. You think so? Yeah, we can go a little over. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, get out your pen and paper, folks. This is it. We will take care of it. You don't have to do any planning at all. No more. Don't hunt up any recipes. You don't have to go to Epicurious. Uh, just rerun the uh, tape of the Bill Press show here today. And Jamie starts us out with Jamie. All right. So every Thanksgiving for the, at least the past five, ten years, uh, any Thanksgiving dinner I've gone to has not been hosted by my parents. Okay. Uh, it has not been at my childhood home where I grew uh, up. Okay. So I go home without any leftovers. Oh, uh, that's. So I don't get to enjoy the leftover yeah. sandwiches okay. uh, or, yeah, or turkey right. tetrazzinis or, or anything else that, that's, that's made uh, the days after Thanksgiving. So I eat actually kind of light. On Thursdays, I don't go in too hard. Yeah. On Fridays, I make a six to eight pound turkey breast. All right. It's super easy, so I don't do the full bird. I adapt a, a barefoot Contessa recipe. Oh, uh, wait. Do you buy a turkey breast? Yeah, I buy the turkey breast uh, okay. today, six normally. Six to eight pounds. Yeah. Six to eight pounds. Generally, Whole Foods is your best bet. Yeah. Okay. If that, if that fits, your, uh, fits your bill. Six to eight pound bone in turkey breast. I simply put it in a Pyrex, like a like a general like yeah. a regular Pyrex casserole dish. Use adapt this barefoot Contessa recipe, which is you start in a small bowl, combine some olive oil, garlic, lemon juice, mustard, and salt and pepper. She has you putting in rosemary, sa- sage, and thyme as well. I put in a little bit of that, but I also put in Bell seasoning. Which, uh, if you've ever mm-hmm. bought Bell's seasoning at, at a grocery store, it's a yellow, little tiny yellow box with a turkey mm-hmm. on the front. My mom always used it growing up. So to remind me of childhood, I put a little bells in there as well, along with the fresh herbs. Mix that all together. Rub it into the skin of the turkey breast. Go ahead and put the turkey breast in the Pyrex with a little bit of uh, dry white wine on the bottom. And then I also put in just a little bit of stuffing. Mm-hmm. My stuffing is yeah. also using the bell seasoning, the yeah. white bread, celery, onions, normal way that, that, that you would put together the stuffing. I won't go into the potatoes and, and, and the veggies that I put in there, but th- that's it. That's my simple six to eight pound turkey breast. I make it on Friday, have a second Thanksgiving dinner, and then I still have my leftovers for and days. And you, uh, you just put it in the oven for... Put it in the oven for about uh, an hour and a half. Uh, don't really? want to go uh, yeah. too far over that. 165 degrees, of course, when you insert uh, the, uh, the, the thermometer, uh, and you're baking that turkey at 325. That uh, that bone-in turkey breast, six to eight pounds, real easy. It sounds like that'd be uh, um, almost better to do on Thanksgiving than the whole. If you're having enchilada. a small Thanksgiving, it it yeah uh, it, yeah it, it pays Does dividends. The trick. Does yeah. the trick? Yeah, right? for a small group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just on your point about not having a, uh, about not having a turkey afterwards, to go leftovers. Back and yeah, and make sandwiches. Uh, my sister always does two turkeys. Uh, and in our family tradition, it was always two turkeys. One turkey was the one you had on Thanksgiving, and the other was the, she calls the picking turkey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's what my, what my mom did. My mom right. would do a, an actual that, turkey. That actual turkey, turkey so you, just, uh, you yeah. can just have it around. You can go, you know, whatever you want. Just grab another piece of turkey meat, whatever. Uh, all right, Jamie, we've got the um, day after supplemental or additional Thanksgiving, um, second Thanksgiving turkey breast, and Ray... Hello, friends. Um, so I just used a recipe from Smitten Kitchen, but it's a dessert for a red wine cake. 
Um, it's really delicious. It's a red wine chocolate cake. It's nice and dense, and then it has a whipped mascarpone and like whipped cream topping. But you can riff on it, and like I've done candied um, cranberries on top or fresh berries before, and it's really delicious. I'll tweet the link out. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but it has like Dutch chocolate in it, cinnamon, vanilla, um, a red wine of your choice. I like I like to use Chianti, but that's also just because that's my favorite kind of wine. But I, and but just with the you, so you make it a regular cake mix and then just add wine to it. The wine is inside of it, yeah. So um, it's heavy on butter and egg, and it's like a little bit flatter. It's really dense, but it's really good. Um, and then you sprinkle it with like. Sugar and whatever you want, but the whipped topping is what makes it light and delicious. It's uh, not too sweet either, but yeah. it's definitely not a cake that kids would like. No? No. Oh, because, or maybe you should You be can taste cake. the wine. Yeah. You can taste yes. the wine. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it sounds great. Yeah, I'll tweet the link out. Oh, you're going to tweet it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay. Should I do mine right now? Okay. Because here's yes. my thing. All right. Here's my, <laughs> my thing is, forget about Thanksgiving. Okay. By the time maybe Saturday rolls around, you're sick of turkey, right? Mm. You want something like totally different. Uh, this is a thing. It's called a. It's fa- one of my favorite things to make. I made it the other night. Uh, it's called a piperade basque. I learned it in a French cooking class actually at UC Davis Extension, a hundred years ago, <laughs> and still make it. And it's the kind of thing when Carol and I come back, we're out to a movie or something. Come home, haven't really made any big plan for dinner. This is something you could whip out really, really fast, and it's absolutely delicious. And it's sort of like a, a, a pipa rod basque is, again, the name of it. It's sort of like a, a frittata, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's here's what you need, right? You need an onion and a green pepper uh, and as much garlic as you want. I usually put about four cloves in. You don't need that much. Uh, and you saute those vegetables in some olive oil. Um, and then when they're... The onion is getting kind of nice and soft. Then you add a tomato. I always wait because you don't want to saute. You don't want to overcook toma- it. Overcook the yeah. tomato, right? And I usually add a little oregano. So you saute those vegetables in one frying pan on the stove. And in another frying pan then, you want four eggs. Whip them up just like you would for an omelet. Uh, I used to put a little olive oil in there and then put the eggs in. Um, but that pan's got to be able to go under the broiler. Mm. And you let the eggs... Sit until you know they start to like like for an omelet or for scrambled eggs or like for frittata. You still want it runny on top though, right? Not yeah, cooked all you, the way no, through. No, when they start to set, but you still want it still moist mm-hmm. on top. You don't don't let it get too dry. You mm-hmm. don't want it runny on top. Then you put your sautéed vegetables on mm-hmm. top of that, uh, and put a little salt and pepper in if you want. I usually do. Uh, then you put cover it with grated. Gruyere cheese. You can use cheddar, Gruyere. It's got a, it really should be Gruyere. And you pop that baby under the broiler, mm. and you basically have this open face frittata with, with, and you let it under the broiler until the brown, the, the, the cheese is bubbly and brown. That's good just, any time Just of a year. little brown, any time of year. Put a trivet on the table, put that plate on the table, and you've got mm. it. It's just, it's really, really, really good. I could do that the morning after Thanksgiving. I could you, do that. Uh, it, it, by the way, you could do it for breakfast. I've never, it, it's, I, we usually do it for dinner, but you, you go shopping on Black Friday before you leave. Yeah, go pop one of those in the oven. No, absolutely. why not? Yeah, no, it's great. And uh, with a loaf of a little bit of bread, maybe a little bit of green salad on the side. That's all you need. It sounds like need. a delicious Thanksgiving weekend brunch meal. Yes, it, that too. Mm. Right, easy enough. All right, next time you make your piperad basque. <laughs> Just remember the Bill Press show. Yes, indeed. And we'll get back to the, uh, that's just a little special uh, uh, offering here. 
from the Bill Press Show for this Thanksgiving. We'll get back to the news of the day with Neil Lesniewski from uh, Roll Call. Coming up next here on the Bill Press Show. Good to have you with us. Hi, Drumstick. Follow us on Twitter at BP Show. This is the Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> oh, we're having so much fun on this day before Thanksgiving. What do you say, everybody? Great to see you. It is the uh, Bill Press Show. Uh, and the laughter is because I was quickly putting on uh, this <laughs> <laughs> beautiful scarf. You uh, repurposed uh, one of those wonderful I, scarves <laughs> as a shawl. Uh, I did. I didn't mean to For put a brief it moment. <laughs> or, or as a hijab <laughs> or whatever. Uh, it's a hand-woven scarf by uh, Carol Press. You know, I tell you about these every year at this season because it's a little chilly out there. You need a good scarf to keep yourself warm. And if you're looking for... Uh, the greatest holiday present possible for you or someone you love. Uh, nothing beats a handwoven scarf by Carol Press. These are this is Rayon Chenille. It sort of clashes maybe with the purple I'm wearing, but it's a beautiful um, blue pad with a blue plaid rather with a little um, green I think in it and black uh, stripes. Uh, there are all kinds of designs, different colors and designs on uh, Carol's website. Uh, you can link to that by going to BillPressShow.com. Follow the, the link to Carol Press Scarves or just go directly to carolpressscarves.com. Uh, holiday season. Take advantage of it, either in rayon chenille or bamboo, and you will be very, very happy uh, with that. Neil Slusinski joins us from Roll Call here to get back into the news of the day. Niels, happy Thanksgiving. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. So uh, President Trump, on his, after pardoning Drumstick and Wishbone at the White House yesterday, uh, he is on his way to Mar-a-Lago, stepping out to the helicopter. And the long question about would he or would he not say anything about Roy Moore was answered when the president says, hey, you know, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, there were a lot of serious accusations, but so what? Roy Moore denies it. That's all I can say. He denies it. And, and by the way, he totally denies it. So, Niels, he doesn't just deny it. He totally denies it. By the way, he totally denies it. Which means it never happened, right? Well, and later in that same uh, exchange, the president doesn't rule out campaign or after Thanksgiving, sometime yeah. uh, next week or ahead of December 12th when that yeah. uh, special election is. Yeah. So I, I can't fathom the uh, the, Repu the national Republicans not named Donald Trump uh, being too fond of this idea of the president perhaps going down to to Birmingham or, or Huntsville or somewhere and, yeah. and actually campaigning for Roy Moore, considering how much they really do not want to see him in the Senate. Uh, but that's that's going to be the contrast as we come back from the holiday. Uh, yeah. Uh, unlikely he would go to Birmingham, but certainly there are places in Alabama where they could get a big raucous crowd of, of Roy Moore supporters for Donald Trump. Um, 
but 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 the you're right. I mean, Mitch McConnell uh, and many others have said we don't want this guy in the Senate, and if he wins, and they've withdrawn all their money. They're not campaigning for it. Many of them have withdrawn their, most of them, I think, have withdrawn their endorsements, right? And they've indicated that if he does win, they'll throw him out of the Senate. And Donald Trump says, no, I'll go down and campaign for him, right? Uh, right. Yeah, the contract, I mean, the, 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 the conundrum that the Senate Republicans would be in if he wins this election, which is entirely possible because, you know, it's going to be a probably a low turnout odd December election, right? Uh, the the conundrum the re- Senate Republicans would be in if they start uh, removal proceedings while Trump is meanwhile going on television or Twitter or wherever he's going and and saying, why are you doing this to Roy Moore? He's such a good guy or, or something of that sort. Uh, so you, the question is, is, what would persuade, what would convince Donald Trump by the way, and his daughter, Ivanka, last week said, I have no reason not to believe all of the, these are serious allegations, and I have no reason not to believe these women. So she basically said, stay out of, the, I mean, certainly don't endorse this guy. Why would Donald Trump endorse him? Well, he was clear about that, too. There's one reason why he would help Roy Moore. It has nothing to do with Roy Moore. It has to all to do with the other guy and the vote that Donald Trump needs. Here he says uh, yesterday again, here's here, here's why I, I'm basically, here's why I'm, I want Roy Moore to win. We don't need a liberal person in there, a Democrat, Jones. I've looked at his record. It's terrible in crime. It's terrible in the border. It's terrible in the military. <laughs> What's this, another Willie Horton ad? I mean, <laughs> the fact of it is, he's a, a, a Doug Jones You've looked at this race. He's not a liberal Democrat. He's not a Bernie bro, right? Right. And and in fact, he, he's a former U.S. attorney uh, who prosecuted the the, the surviving um, Klansman Klans- from a church bombing. And yeah. so you, you, you have this situation where he actually was taking up cases that were – if you want to talk about being being tough on on crime, uh, yeah. going after crimes from half a century ago that that no one before him basically would dare to prosecute, uh, it, the 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 soft on crime thing is is particularly hollow. Uh, it seems in this case, although you know we saw in Virginia when that became basically the yeah. entire Ed Gillespie for governor campaign. Uh, that didn't really work there. I'm not sure it'll work in uh, in Alabama, but it might. No, I think it's kind of uh, – first of all, the Alabama – it seems to me the Alabama Senate race is a referendum on Roy Moore, isn't it? I mean – that's it, the, that. It, it seems like it has to be. I mean the, the idea that they would either have enough money or enough time to build a case against Doug Jones as being soft on crime, it's too late for that right now. First of all, he's not, as you point out. They haven't made that an issue so far in the campaign that Donald Trump just throws that line out there because it's one of his stock lines, son of a standard right. lines. Right. Um, I thought Doug Jones yesterday uh, had a um, a very compelling ad, uh, the latest uh, Doug Jones ad, where he talks about, well, he just lets other Republicans speak about Roy Moore. Here, here's what it sounds like. On Roy Moore's disturbing actions, Ivanka Trump says there's a special place in hell for people who prey on children. 
and I have no reason to doubt the victim's accounts. Jeff Sessions says, I have no reason to doubt these young women. And Richard Shelby says he will absolutely not vote for Roy Moore. Conservative voices, putting children and women over party, doing what's right. Putting, yeah, putting um, um, principle over party, which is exactly what Donald Trump is not doing. Um, and it just shows, I guess, a sense of priorities, right? It's the tax cut uberales. Right. And we, we sort of saw, and I don't know whether this was an intentional sort of focus group test, but when, when Kellyanne Conway was making the rounds on, I think it was on Fox, right? Yeah. and basically said, we need the vote for tax reform, uh, that seemed like it was the, the, the start of something that might be something to come. And it turns out that's the way it played out. Uh, and the other thing is, which is actually kind of a, a fascinating thing, if you're a uh, if you're an if you're an Alabama voter who might be persuaded by the the we need the votes for for for, for tax reform, uh, the way that the schedule is lining up in the Senate and in Alabama, because apparently it takes them several weeks. It's one of those states where it takes several weeks to certify election results. Ah, it is unlikely that Roy Moore would be in the Senate to vote on the tax cuts anyway. Uh, Luther Strange, the the now, I guess, lame duck appointed senator who lost the primary to Roy Moore um, is likely still to be in the Senate because they're not talking about certifying the result of the election until after Christmas either way. Yeah. And they want the Senate bill through the Senate before Christmas and probably will get something. Right. So you so the, 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 the mere idea that you need Roy Moore's vote for for the tax cuts is not even doesn't even make logical sense the way the the schedule's lining up. Right. So, um what if he is if and by the it, you're right. Roy Moore could still win. Doug Jones could win. I mean, it's certainly right. not impossible for Doug Jones to win. It's looking more and more likely that yes. he could win. Um he's getting raising more money than Roy Moore and I think more and more people are getting disgusted with Roy Moore, but were he elected, will he ever serve, or will Republicans, in fact, toss him out? And if not, how do they go? I'm going to make this a compound question. How do they go before voters, Republicans running for anything, anything, state legislature in Colorado in 2018, and defend having this pedophile in the United States Senate? I, I think that's why Cory Gardner, the who is actually from Colorado and the chairman of the Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee at this point, was said 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 that his view is he should be thrown out. I think that so it's, did Mitch it's, McConnell in effect. In effect, he? Yeah, yeah, he sort of he sort of did, wasn't quite as direct about it. But I I, I think that they don't intend on allowing him to serve. Uh, there is this issue with this Supreme Court precedent from uh, New York City years ago. That where the the uh, Democrats or excuse me where the House attempted not to seat a congressman from New York City and they were told that they have to seat him, mm-hmm. uh, but it seems the, like they can throw him out after they do seat him. And I yeah. I would 
I would think that they would do that probably in fairly early in January. And he might, you know, if Moore is elected, he might actually be a senator for a couple of weeks. And then everyone comes back from the holidays and they're like, uh, got to get rid of this guy because the poll numbers, I'm sure, would be just atrocious beyond everything else. But, but, but think about, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure, obviously, Kellyanne Conway and probably Steve Bannon uh, had a lot of influence on Donald Trump. To get him to come out and support Roy Moore, especially given his own, Donald Trump's own right. background, uh, accused of the same crimes, if not worse. Uh, and the other thing, by the way, Donald Trump said during his little uh, meeting with, uh, passed by with reporters yesterday, drive by, whatever, walk by, was that the, on John, on Al Franken, or John Conyers, I guess, Conyers, that they should release all the documents. Uh, related to uh, alleged alleged sexual misbehavior by John Conyers, you know, Donald Trump is in court right now, refusing to release all the documents related to allegations right. against him for sexual misconduct. There, there is this this element of if you're if you are of uh, basically what President Trump said yesterday, uh, basically, as long as you deny, then you yeah. don't need then then it. Then the presumption of innocence applies, and which is legal as a legal matter. That's true, but we're talking about elections here. We're not talking about politics. Does not have the same burden of proof as uh, uh, as the yeah. legal system. So back to what I was saying. So Steve Bannon and and Kellyanne Conway clearly they succeeded in getting Trump to go uh, and actually openly come out for Roy Moore. But were he to win, think about the scenario. So he comes to Washington. They have to have a swearing-in ceremony. Who swears him in? Well, Mike Pence is Mike the Pence. man who no, exactly. Had that job. So they're setting up Mike Pence, Mr. Christian, right, to swear in the pervert. And then he sits there when I think almost every Republican senator— no Republican senator right now embraces him, correct? I mean, that I know of. Uh, the one the one exception to that may be Rand Paul, but we haven't actually <laughs> heard. But so but it's not actually clear whether or not Rand Paul is still embracing Roy Moore or whether he just hasn't distanced himself because he's been okay. dealing with his yeah. medical issues as a result of that crazy incident yeah. on his lawn. Right. So there. Yeah. So, like, the only possible exception is is a whole a whole separate circumstance that's a weird story so in its own right. You get the swearing in ceremony by Mike Pence, and then he walks and he walks into the Republican caucus or walks into the house. I mean, it, it's going to be like the plague, you know, keeping a, trying to keep any distance from him. Uh, pardon me, bad news, bad news all the way around. Meanwhile, there may be another senator, uh, a, a, a brand new person, voice in the Senate next week, for, uh, next year from Utah. Um, Mitt Romney's campaign looks like it's picking up more and more steam as it's more and more likely that you've been writing that Orrin Hatch may step down. Right. Well, so so what do you hear? So and what so, do you tell you? So the latest thing from Hatch is that uh, he is still he is still saying that he is uh, going to make some sort of announcement around the end of the year, and that uh, if and as of right now he is he is still saying that he would have two more years as chairman of the finance committee. So at this juncture, he's planning to stick around. However, 
uh, one of the uh, potential conservative challengers has just announced he's not going to run. This fellow by the name of Boyd Matheson, who used to be Mike oh, yeah. Lee's yeah. chief of staff, huh. says he's not going to run for Senate. Uh, and so what it seems to be setting up, and, and this could be wrong, but what it seems to be setting up is that the field is being cleared for a for the potential that Hatch may announce his retirement and Romney may walk into an empty mm. field. Uh, mm -hmm. That that may or may not happen, but that seems to be what's setting up, is that if Hatch retires, um, um, Mitt Romney may have a clean run at the Republican nomination in Utah, which, of course, is basically the election. Um, so Hatch is, as they say, in cycle next year. Yes. Right? Uh, so even were he to announce he's not running for re-election, he'd be here for another year as head of Senate Finance. Yes. Right. And he, I guess his crowning glory, he wants to go out as the principal architect of the tax reform bill. That seems to be the most likely scenario. Uh, that I, he can, I should he not can... call it a tax reform bill. The tax cut bill, right? Cut, cut, cut. Cut, 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 yes. Um, no, that, it, but that seems, to be, that, seems, that seems to be the most logical thing, is that if by Christmas... This bill actually gets to Trump in some form, and 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 Orrin Hatch can be at a signing ceremony and claim victory, uh, and then and then go home to Utah and somewhere around New Year's announce that he's retiring. That seems to be what everyone's hunch is: is how this is actually going to play out. Uh, but of course, if the bill doesn't pass, uh, then there's no crowning achievement, and and then maybe Hatch tries to stick around. Uh, I the. Early this morning, I got yet another email. I don't know. I keep, I've keep. i talked about this on the show before. I don't know why or how I got on Roy Moore's email list. Nor but, do I. But I'm, but I'm on it, too. Are you on it, too? Yes. Okay. Uh, and he's always grubbing for money, you know. And this morning, he was grubbing for money. But this was in, in response to Donald Trump yesterday saying we need his vote on for tax cuts. And Roy Moore saying, you bet your sweet ass I'm going to be up there. I'm going to vote for those tax cuts, and I'm going to vote to repeal Obamacare. I couldn't believe it. It's still running on repealing Obamacare. But they have, in a sense, he's on target because Republicans have combined uh, repealing a big plank of Obamacare with the tax cuts. Right. Is, is that going to fly? Uh, it, it looks more likely uh, today than it did literally at this time yesterday that the uh, that the repeal of the individual mandate uh, will be in the the final bill because uh, last night we found that Lisa Murkowski from a Republican from Alaska had an op-ed in the Fair, I believe it was the Fairbanks newspaper yesterday uh, that said she would be supporting repealing the individual mandate. Uh, and she had sort of been believed to be on the fence about whether or not to do that as part of the tax cut uh, bill. Well, how could Lisa Murkowski, who was one of the votes that sank the effort to repeal Obamacare, now be a vote to add partial repeal of Obamacare to the tax cut bill? I think, and I, I think that part it of this is logic. well. Part of it is I, I think that the way the individual mandate works, at least what she would say, I think, is that the the way the individual mandate works in Alaska is different from the way it may work in the lower forty eight to some extent because of the healthcare system in Alaska is like a completely different entity from the rest of the country. Yeah. Um, 
And so that may be what her argument would be. She The op-ed, which is worth reading, includes some numbers about how healthcare plans would likely cost without a mandate in Alaska. But it's a very particular and sort of peculiar situation with her. And I don't see how uh, Susan Collins, for instance, in Maine, can come to the same conclusion that Murkowski has. I think she's indicated that she would not, right? I think that's where she... That o- last, over the last weekend, we she did yeah. say that she still has some problems with it, and that is one of her problems with it, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, 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 with or without Roy Moore, I still think they're going to be able to cobble together at least 50 votes among Republicans. If, if Republicans can't get 50 votes to cut to, to pass tax cuts, I don't know what they'll ever do, frankly. No. Uh, they might as well just pack up and go home. Um, yeah. Wishful thinking, I guess. Okay. Well, Neil, thanks so much for coming in for this pre-Thanksgiving show. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. You and too. And we'll see you again uh, sometime uh, between now and the end of the year, I'm sure. Uh, you can follow Neil at roll, Neil's at Roll Call, rollcall.com. Igor Volsky joining us is next. the is Bill Press Bill. Show. Hey, everybody. This is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for the Bill Press Show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And a happy pre-Thanksgiving show. What do you say, everybody, on a Wednesday, November 22nd? Nope, nope, nope. Can't go out shopping for Thanksgiving yet. Got to wait at least one more hour here for The Bill Press Show. As we come to you live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, and our studio right here on Capitol Hill, and look who walked in. Yes, indeed. Um, you know him. You'll probably see him. You see him here more than you see me here. <laughs> Igor Volsky from the Center for American Progress uh, Action Fund uh, uh, and our good friend, very much a member of the team. Hello, Igor. Good How morning. And Merry Thanksgiving. Because, <laughs> you know, Christmas is everywhere now. You walk into a building, you walk into a store, it, it, Christmas has barfed up all over America. Well, I don't know if you know this, but we are saying Merry Christmas again, We Igor. can now. This we, is why okay, I do the Merry Thanksgiving. That, I don't want to get in trouble with the censors. <laughs> and with net neutrality, I mean, you never... We might get slowed down if I you don't I actually say saw Merry in front of the uh, Whole Foods in uh, Logan Circle yesterday, um, Christmas trees are out. I, I know. It's yeah, too I mean, soon, no, right? Absolutely it's too, too soon. soon. Uh, I walked through Macy's on the way to the Metro, sometimes coming from the White House. They've had their Christmas decorations up easily for two weeks. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. No, people feel they like after Halloween, people feel it's it's go time. And I think, no, it's really after Thanksgiving. It should be. Should be. Right. It's the, appropriate, even... the proper thing to do. But right. in Trump's America, I mean, my goodness. When you and I are in charge, Igor, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, get it, we'll get it right. Yes, indeed. We have lots and lots to talk about. Igor here with us the entire hour as a friend of Bill. And then Nikki Schwab from the Daily Mail joins us at the half hour. We'll jump right into it with both feet. But first, 
This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories for you on this, feels like a Friday, Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I said, baby, it's Friday for me. That's right. (laughs) For me, too, for once. Jared Kushner. Oh, yes. Jared Kushner's job responsibilities have significantly decreased. According oh. to a new Vanity Ooh. Fair profile. Somebody else is going to take over the Middle East? Yeah, who's doing peace in the Middle East? <laughs> no, that's the one he's keeping. Oh, a high-level okay. Republican source says, quote, John Kelly has clipped his wings, referring to Jared Kushner, alleging that Kushner's broad portfolio, which once included solving the opioid epidemic, <laughs> improving relations with China, and reforming the VA, has been shrunk down to simply focusing on solving Middle East peace. Oh, yeah. Kelly is reportedly upset with Kushner over his recent trip to Saudi Arabia. The article also includes a quote from Kushner regarding the Russia investigation. Quote, do you think they'll get the president? Kushner asked a friend, according to a person briefed on the conversation. So Jared Kushner thinks that there is a chance that his father-in-law, the president of the United States... (laughs) Will, in fact, get indicted over the Russia investigation. Well, his father went to jail, so uh, maybe... <laughs> He's used to this. He's used he to knows the... how this goes. He knows how to ask Whoa. the right questions. That's yeah. right. Hey, some good news uh, down in Puerto Rico. Not too much of that lately uh, on the island. The World Century, World, excuse me, World Central Kitchen, the nonprofit led by Chef Jose Andres, mm-hmm. arrived in Puerto Rico back in September to feed people in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria, well, months later, World Central Kitchen has served more than 2 million meals in Puerto Rico. That's far more than any other organization. And, and you know what? And it's an island, too. It, did you know that? Surrounded by water. Surrounded by water. Puerto Rico. Ocean you water. don't say. Ocean water. Jose Andres. Turtles have bite. Jose, <laughs> Jose Andres is planning the, uh, the, the biggest ever Thanksgiving dinner for the island. Uh, they are estimating that they are going to be able to serve 40 thousand thanksgiving meals this week so good for jose andres i know i want to go back to this. the whole time that donald trump was complaining about they couldn't drive trucks there because it was an island jose andres who was down there had set up the kitchen they were serving tens of thousands of meals every day it's in insane. Puerto rico that he could get there with his whole operation donald trump couldn't get the united states military there nuts I have one more story, but I don't think we have time for it. All right. Okay. What a tease. On your radio, on TV, and online. This is the Bill Press Show. Yeah, what do you say? I was down at the White House yesterday, saw a great big turkey in the Rose Garden. And then two other little turkeys showed up. (laughs) Actually, they weren't so little. One of them. There it is. One of them weighed 47 pounds. Uh, Drumstick. Big ass. Big-ass bird there in the White House <laughs> Yep, exactly. Thank you, drumstick. Hey, what do you say, folks? Great to see you today. It is the Bill Press Show. Uh, we are here on the day before Thanksgiving in our studio on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., and reaching out to you coast-to-coast, of course, on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show, looking at you on Free Speech TV and riding along with you on the great WCPT, the progressive voice of Chicago, with our friend Igor Volsky from uh, the Center for American Progress Action Fund here 
in studio for um, the entire um, next uh, this hour. So, uh, Igor, nice to see you. Good to be here. Big Thanksgiving plans? Uh, no, I'm going to a small Friendsgiving this year. Uh, but I'm excited because a Friendsgiving, a Friendsgiving, That's a nice. Thanksgiving with friends. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever been to one? Yeah, yeah. We used to host those in, in California, and when we yeah, were, no, they're very nice. You yeah. tend to drink more; they're but, less contentious. Can we just call it a Thanksgiving with friends? Friendsgiving's a little hokey. I'm out on that. Well, one. I think Whoa. it's to you know like okay. differentiate between the traditional Thanksgiving that's filled with, with the family and, and, and yes. you know awkwardness, mm. and then a much more comfortable dinner. But you're giving right. thanks for not being with your family, so it's still Thanksgiving. Uh, it's, okay, okay, Jimmy. Okay. All right, you All right guys, we're moving on. But but, but by the way, unpopular opinion over here. Jeez. <laughs> okay, <laughs> set up but, a Twitter poll. Okay, ask them. Oh, but. I just want to point out that we're going to end the show today, before the end of the show today, when Nikki gets here, we're going to talk about some rules that will help you get through Thanksgiving oh, without having good. to talk about politics. Oh, I live by these rules. Okay, okay. Every day. I live by these rules and every day, if, so I'll help you. We, we have tips even if politics do come up, how to deal yeah, with it. Yeah, right. So. We're going to get to, into that. So anyhow, you're going to have Thanksgiving with friends, and good. And I'm going up to Delaware to have Thanksgiving with all of my family up in Delaware. With Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden? Uh, Joe, uh, He's not invited this year? No, Joe and Jill you are- You guys aren't are, family? They have other plans. <laughs> I mean, I thought in Delaware is one big happy family. Is that not the case? It's small enough to be <laughs> one big happy family. That's what I family. think. All right, so we've got um, uh, one hour under our belt wow. here, Igor, with a lot of talk about Roy Moore and Donald Trump and about the turkeys- and uh, it's been a other, fun show. <laughs> other issues. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with uh, a lot of comments on Twitter, Jamie, bring us up to date before we uh, jump back in. So, oh, we put up Uh-oh. a poll. We played this clip earlier in the show uh, from Roy Moore's friend, Pastor oh, yeah. Flip Benham, and I'm going to go ahead and play this I don't again. Heard this I don't this, think I have. This is a pastor, Flip, Flip Benham, <laughs> saying, "Here is why." Uh, it's absolutely, you can understand why a guy like Roy Moore would be lusting after young girls. The lady that he's married to now, Miss Kayla, is a younger woman. He did that because, you know, there's something about a purity of a young woman, and there's something about something that's good, that's true, that's straight, and he looked for that. Remember the group Nambla, right? (laughs) Isn't that what they said about little boys? Roy Moore is a founding member, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, little boys, little girls, this is so sick. So you did a poll on this? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> I thought I was in charge of this I show. I know. What's going on, Bill? <laughs> it's basically <laughs> show with this. It's basically Friday in here, so we decided to, to go a little controversial into the weekend. Uh, we put up a poll asking, is it okay for a 30-something-year-old man to date a 14-year-old as long as the parents give permission? It's an actual poll that we put up on our Twitter account at BP Show. Now, I'm embarrassed. Can we of, vote? Can Bill and I vote? The for... three of us know the answer oh, to okay. this question. Okay, right. it's a it's it's definitely a no. Okay, yeah, it is definitely a no. A no. Put up the no sign. Uh, this was almost like sort of like a social test just to see what would happen. What kind of listeners do you have? Ninety-seven uh, percent <laughs> of you say no, but there are three percent of you that say yes that it is okay for a fourteen-year-old. They're just fooling with us. They're trolling us. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of comments from uh, in response to this poll, because we got quite a lot of traction off of this. Uh, Mira says, uh, throw the parents in jail, too, along with the 30-something-year-old, should this happen. Uh, amen to that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have Linda saying, Bill, do you remember the phrase statutory rape? Remember what eventually happened to the leaders of the Mormons when they married 
underage oh, hey girls. Now. Hey now, right. And yeah. B. Brizzle says, and any parents that give permission should be investigated by Child Protective Services. Hashtag Ray Moore. Roy Moore. Roy Moore. A typo there. Roy Moore, child molester. Uh, yes. So this came now, up. How would, the question is, how would Trump vote? Right? That's the real question. How would Trump vote? He would ask for a maybe. You know, no. Or it we would, need more information. It would depend. Or it depends if on the tax is, bill. If this is somebody, <laughs> no, if this is somebody who could potentially vote on the tax cut bill, then yes is the answer. <laughs> no. So this Flip Benham went on a talk show yesterday. That's where this question came from. Down in Alabama with two conservative talk show hosts. And he actually asked them this question. Here he is. Is it all right for a man who's 30 years old to date and court a young lady who is 14 years old with their parents' consent? Is it or is it no. not? Not at my house. No. No, it's not. Not no, in the okay, 80s. So no. <laughs> you know, I don't under, I we, you know, I also, this is going to be, this was, you're going to be so impressed by this transition. I also host a podcast called Thinking Cap, which, by the way, folks should subscribe to. No, this is going to work. No, Igor, this we is called a shameless plug, is what it is. Let me tell you, it's, shameless plug, it is Friday. Yes. We did two episodes on this question of how is it possible that white evangelical Christians are able to stand by Roy Moore are able to stand by Donald Trump. Donald Trump. We asked uh, Reza Eslan uh, this very question, and he says that the two big pieces. One big piece is that white evangelical Christians often think white first and Christian second. That's key. That's number one. And number two, there's this strange appeal in white evangelical Christianity of the prosperity doctrine that says that if you're... Mm. A wealthy person, you were somehow predestined by God to be wealthy. You are a chosen person by God. And if you follow this person, you too will acquire wealth. Um, and so there's some combination of, of those two things, some other factors that these white evangelical Christians, like this flip a coin, whatever his name is, are able to to take all of these values that they talk about from the pulpit and put them in some back pocket somewhere when it's politically convenient. Or something else, too. This is another factor. They're just, they're, they're phony Christians and they're Republican zealots. Oh, they're, I mean, they are party, certainly Republican it's zealots. It's party over faith. I mean, their, their yeah. faith has been overtaken by their party. Uh, and, I mean, basically what Donald Trump is saying, because he goes out after Al Franken, and I'm not, not that what Al Franken did was correct, right? But he's willing to condemn Al Franken. But he will condone Roy Moore because one's a Democrat and the other's a Republican. He said yesterday the reason he'll go for the pervert in Alabama is because he doesn't want a Democrat in the Senate. I mean, and the question is absolutely right. The reporters asked, is a child, is an accused child molester better than a Democrat? And Donald Trump, his answer is yes. Yeah, right. You know, to me, the whole thing about Roy Moore, I think beginning and end of the case is he was banned from the local mall. shopping mall. Do you know how hard it is to be no, banned I from know. a mall yeah, right. where they try to get people to go to buy their products? Exactly. And you just, people just roam around. I mean, you know, anybody. It's like the melting pot today of America. And to get banned from a local shopping it's mall. unbelievable. Wait, when you're the district yeah. attorney yeah. of Key the fact. county. Key fact. <laughs> But also, like, you know, we talk about all of these all of these stories. And to me, I don't know how you feel about this, Bill. I am, like, continually shocked that we keep on seeing new revelations. I really shouldn't be anymore. 
But what's striking to me is that this behavior with Roy Moore had been going on for years, and people in that community knew the, what he was doing, yet he was allowed to get away with it for so many years. And I ask again, but, what is it in the culture that you have all of these people standing behind these, these abusers enabling their behavior? But let's, let's take it, bring it home with Charlie Rose. I didn't. I never. I don't know Charlie Rose. I, I I met him once at a at a you know White House dinner. Uh, I don't know him at all. But apparently, those people who worked around him, John Allen was telling us that that they they there was a line about Charlie's angels, right? That he had a reputation for this. How did that go on so long? And you saw that there was a so people at other people at CBS and PBS knew, particularly women, watch out for this guy because he's got a history, and. Uh, and now it finally comes out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw this, Why? Jamie. I don't know if you saw if you saw this either. There was a John Oliver. I think it was some time ago. Yes. Did that supercut yeah. right of like awkward sexual banter between him and the two and the two hosts there. And you know, now it's certainly very uncomfortable. At the time, it was fairly uncomfortable. Um, that's part of the reason why earlier in the show that I said I certainly feel for the victims first and foremost of Charlie Rose, but I also feel for Gail King and Nora O'Donnell, who if you watch a video like the yeah. awkward sexual banter that was often propagated by Charlie himself, you think these two women thought it was just harmless humor, yeah. when in fact Charlie Rose has personal experience with with a lot of those crude sexual jokes and references. And by the way, their remarks yesterday morning on uh, CBS This Morning mm-hmm. I thought were very powerful. Yes. Yeah. Let's say them again. Noro, I mean, that was a very dramatic moment when you, you, we, we know the picture, Charlie in the middle and, mm-hmm. and, and the two women on either side. And, and they had a banter. They had a com- camaraderie for the most part. You know, yeah. They were a close There's team. A, yeah. and they were good. And yesterday, he's gone. There's no empty seat. The two of them are right side <laughs> by side, right? And Nora O'Donnell had to op- uh, opened up. Um, and and she, didn't, she didn't mince around. She went right to the right point. Right to it. This will be investigated. This has to end. This behavior is wrong. Period. Period. Uh, Gail uh, uh, King following up saying uh, he may, may be our co-host for a long time, five years, but uh, he doesn't get any pass. He doesn't get a pass because I can't stop thinking about the anguish of, the, of these women. What happened to their dignity? What happened to their bodies? What happened maybe to even their careers? I can't stop thinking about that and the pain that they're going through. By the way, I'm going to call out some names. Are you ready? Are you ready for some names? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Byers, who I know has been a friend of the show, tweeted yesterday. Did you guys see this tweet? No, no. Dylan Byers is a good friend, but I don't know, I don't know what you're tweeted, saying. He tweeted. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Are you, Jay, maybe you can, you can pull it up so that we can uh-huh. get an accurate thing. Dylan Byers tweets, you know, it's it's um, it's disappointing that all these allegations are coming up. I feel for the women, et cetera, et cetera. But then he says, think of the talent that is fleeing the newsroom, that is fleeing all kinds of industries that we're now losing as a result of the, of these of these scandals. Just think of the talent we no. are losing. No, Dylan. Really? No. That's the hot take? No, Dylan. And no. Gail King makes the point. Think of all of the women whose yes. careers yes. were yes. ruined, who were not able yeah. to advance in their careers, who were not able to become to to move up to the top of their industry because of the kind of behavior. 
uh, that we've seen. Uh, interesting. Uh, Here, here's the original yeah, tweet. Go ahead. Uh, he has deleted it. Uh, oh. Beyond the pain oh. slash humiliation women have endured, mm-hmm. which of course is the paramount issue. It's worth taking stock of the incredible drain of talent. No, it's not. From media entertainment taking place right now. Never has so much talent left the industry all at once. Uh, Dylan Byers, a CNN media reporter, <laughs> tweeted that yesterday before. Never has so much talent, meaning Charlie Rose and uh, Bill O'Reilly, Harvey Weinstein, and Harvey Weinstein, putting out all those movies, Mark Halpern. I mean, it's all Mark such Halpern. a long. It's such a long. No, no, long, no. I, I just want to point out. I did get a um, email yesterday from a reporter who said I'm writing a story about what a great loss Charlie Rose is to uh, the media world. And I emailed back, no thank you. I don't want anything to do with that story. Yeah, I mean. Oh my goodness. God. Um, So here's a little awkward question. Um, What should happen to Al Franken? Yesterday, by the way, a little contrast here. Um, I think about 15 women who've worked with Al Franken at SNL came out with a statement on top of there were about five or eight women who worked with Al Franken in the United States Senate who came out with a statement saying, we worked with him for years. All of our interactions were above board. He was always very supportive of us. No problems whatsoever. Yeah. And yet you do have the, uh, the, the Leanne Tweeden, the, mm-hmm. the radio talk show host, with the photo. And then you've got this second woman talking about the photo at the, at the state fair. It, I mean, do we lump them all in the same pot and they all have to go? Al, Al Franken has to resign from the Senate? Well, look, I mean, this kind of behavior is inexcusable. It's inexcusable when a Democrat does it. It's inexcusable when a Republican does it. And so if our standard for these cases is to say that you cannot be in a position of power if you've abused that position of power to harass and sexually assault women, because at the end of the day, it is a lot about power, then that's the standard we should apply across the board. I don't think Al or Conyers or any other potential Democrats who could be caught up in this uh, get a pass from from any of it because they have the right politics. All right, so Al Franken, uh, who um, the 2006 thing obviously was before he was the senator. Still when he should have known better. Right. When he should have behaved better. So, So somebody's thrown out of the Senate for something that he did before he was a senator? I mean, look, that's that's a question for whatever the mechanism is for him to be expelled from the, from the Senate. I, I'm saying that we need to think about collectively uh, for how how we deal with this. And if if the if if the decision, which I think m- makes sense to some degree, that we cannot have men who have abused their powers um, serve in these uh, representing us in our democracy, then Al Franken should go and Conyers should go and whoever else um, is caught up in this should go. I mean, we need to hold our elected officials. This is like not even like a high standard. It's like basics, right? Basic decency and how human beings should treat each other. I'm not making and, and I'm not going to make and I hope nobody you know who sits in these chairs has made excuses for these people because they vote the right way. Uh, correct. No, I, 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 totally with you. Where I think you and I differ is 
uh, and I would differ, is that... Um, well, there's the second allegation not, from 2010 of when he was a senator at the state fair. I mentioned that. Yeah. I oh, mentioned that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as a state senator, we have one woman, a photograph at the state, at, at the mm-hmm. state fair. That, to me, is what he should be judged on. Uh, I'm, I'm not excusing the other. I'm saying the Senate Ethics Committee has no jurisdiction. Yeah, I don't know what that what that's about. That's just an, a, a thing people can cling to and say, right. that's happening. Let's let that move along. Right, I, right. Uh, I would just have to say that I think you have to you, have, you do have to look at each of these cases. Uh, and not every crime deserves a death penalty. Not yeah, but every, being kicked out of the Senate is not, not a death every penalty, sexual infraction. <laughs> to be fair. But it's a maximum punishment at my, at my point for a senator. They're not going to hang him. Right. They'd kick him out of the Senate. I think not every infraction deserves a maximum penalty. Al Franken is no Roy Moore. Al Franken is no Charlie Rose. And Al Franken is no Don. By the way, no Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I think the let's just that's a good point. I mean, I feel like the media is really uh, not doing enough, frankly, in thinking about how Donald Trump's behavior during the campaign, which obviously alienated millions of women, and how the accusations against him, and there are how many, how many women, what is it? Eight? Over 12. Over 12. Over 12 women at are now- At least 12. At least 12 over, women. Yeah. The, A, the, um, the role that played in pushing women to come forward. It's no accident that we're seeing this during a Trump presidency. That needs to be explored, number one. And number two- um, there, people, I feel like since the campaign have forgotten about these 12 women. They're not talked about. They're not interviewed. The mm-hmm. allegations right. are not discussed as if somehow it's below the dignity of the office to even entertain these charges. Clearly it is not, especially when you have him on, let's all remind everybody, him on camera bragging, bragging. Uh, to and, sexual assaulting women. And now defending Roy Moore. And now defending a child it, molester, is, it, an alleged it, child molester. It, uh, I think uh, not only okay, but compulsive to bring it all back about Donald Trump. Just remember, too. And I want to move on to another topic here, but because we'll talk more about this with Nikki Schwab. But there is still a pending case, open case, against Donald Trump yeah. in the New York Supreme Court. He says that case doesn't have to go forward, a right to go forward, because he's president of the United States. That's his defense. He's above the law. We it's, know. It's we know the how he same feels. defense that Bill Clinton took to the Supreme Court for Paula Jones and Uh-oh. lost on. Well, you know that's and an interesting. And lost on. So I my prediction is that this case will go forward and he is going to be uh, you know uh, interviewed in the White House about this sexual assault case I mean the Bill Clinton question is an in- interesting one right you have uh, who was it Gillibrand Kirsten yeah. Gillibrand the senator right. from New York saying he, he should have stepped down at the time do you think he should have stepped no. down at the time no she was talking about Monica Lewinsky no no I didn't defend what Bill Clinton did. <laughs> no, I'm not. Don't laugh. But I mean, my no, I don't think was, I, I haven't thought about this. Point, I don't know I, that I have no. an answer, frankly. First of all, Monica Lewinsky never said that what they did was that not is consensual. True. That it is was true. consensual from beginning to end. That Everything was consensual. And he took again, no for an answer. Again, yeah, I point out that we have to look at each case and consensual having an affair, wrong, right? Cheating your wife, wrong. Doing it particularly in the Oval Office, under the desk. Wrong, right? But but they were both. They were two adults, willing adults. But he was taking n- advantage of a young woman who was the age of his daughter, but she was a willing player and she was of age. But there's no. I that's not. I, Roy I hear Moore. what you're saying. Well, no, that is not Roy Moore. That is definitely not Roy Moore. But 
you know, we I, I don't think we should underplay the power dynamics that were going on in that relationship. The fact that she was what tw- I don't know how old she was. She was that she was very young, and Early he was 20s. the president of the United States. So I I don't know that that we know that anybody knows exactly what what the um, what the tension was between them at the time. But you know, uh, I think it's it's a question. What we it's a question that we all now have to grapple with. What Democrats, what, what Republicans, we have set up with what we have together. set up, which I think is fair, is the response of the woman and the and the pressure that she felt under, and the abuse, you know, the mm-hmm. threat, the threats, the fear, whatever. None of that we heard from Monica Lewinsky, and God knows she had enough time to make that point if that were her point. Never, never, I don't never, disagree that they're different never, cases never. With, with different circumstances. You know, uh, my only position at the time, um, you know, and I was on Crossfire at the time, was that a blowjob is not a valid uh, reason for impeaching a president of the United States. And I, I still believe that. I just I, think that in 2017, I, the conversation would have been different. And would have been would have even been. even from it, Democrats no, no, would have been would far have been. harsher. Twenty seventeen, Clarence Thomas would never be on the Supreme then. Court. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never. Probably not. Never. Well, I mean, with the Senate, who knows? But with this Senate, yeah. <laughs> right. Anyhow, uh, tell us about <sighs> a couple of minutes here. Uh, Nikki Schwab joining us from Guardian coming up next. Tell us about net neutrality. What is it? And what's Donald Trump trying to do? Yeah, so net neutrality is this idea that uh, was finally enacted into law in 2015 under President Obama that said that Internet service providers cannot charge more for expediting certain kinds of content. And the idea was if you treat all content in a neutral way, you're able to then uh, have an equal playing field. Big businesses, small businesses can compete and users can have access to any kind of information they want. Under President Trump, the internet providers want to set up some toll roads. Basically, yeah, the internet right? providers are like, we want to get some fees yeah. for faster yeah, content. We want right. big companies. So like toll roads again. Is exactly, sort of like, okay. exactly. They want not to... everything freeway. Now we'll have toll roads or freeways, but if you want certain stuff, yeah. you got to pay for it. Yeah, you're talking about a fast lane and a slow lane, uh, and that's what these new proposed regulations that were unveiled yesterday by the FCC chairman um, uh, do is that they would allow these again. And AT&T, Comcast, Verizon, these large internet service providers to offer customers different tiers of service and would require large corporations, uh, large service providers, if they want to be considered in this faster tier, to pay some kind of fee to AT&T or Verizon or whatever your internet service provider is. And the fear uh, is really twofold. One is that Internet service providers will be able to stifle certain kinds of information. That is, mm-hmm. users won't be able to get the kind of you know um, uh, great information that they now do on all kinds of different blogs and websites, etc. Um, and then uh, that you will have um, a real challenge for small businesses who start small and then grow to be able to blossom in this kind of environment because large competitors would be able to come in um, and and, um, and and keep them from doing so. And the small businesses wouldn't be able to fees that you need to pay to get into the quote unquote fast track and fast lane. Right. And this isn't, you know, the, 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 the so, chair, I'll just mention the chairman of the FCC calls all of this fear mongering. But the reason why it's not fear mongering is because we have real world examples of large internet service providers stifling 
the services and the apps of competitors. They've already done this, and they've been forced to pay fines under existing rules for doing so. All right, so I remember this took years and years, and we debated it and, and talked about it a lot under Obama. They finally did, I think I believe, the right thing. It was just a year, a year and a half ago. Yeah, 2015. And, and so what propels Donald Trump to reverse this? It's just that AT&T and Comcast are so powerful? Well, this is part of his larger deregulatory agenda. Uh, and under uh, the leadership of the, of the chairperson there, they've deregulated all kinds of... I mean, just yesterday, there was another rule that said that re, uh, there was another new rule that repealed an existing rule that prevented um, media companies from owning uh, more than a certain percentage of media, if I think if they service more than 39% of households or something like that, that's repealed. So part of it is uh, deregulating um, and allowing these companies to do basically whatever they want without any kind of government framework. But from a consumer point of view, right? Um, what Obama did, I'm just trying to boil it down to the level that everybody can understand yeah. or that I can understand. Uh, what Obama did was consumer friendly. What Trump is doing is not. Well, what Trump is doing is telecom friendly. I mean, Verizon, exactly. uh, Comcast, they've lobbied for these. They've spent yeah. millions of dollars for this to be able to block certain kinds of content and charge you more um, for certain kinds you of services. You know what's so frustrating is there's so many people who fought in this battle, right? And particularly those who are for universal access, right? On our side, if you will. And they finally win the battle, and then a year and a half later, they get the rug pulled out. Well, look, the, the good news is is that there's going to be a big, big fight around this. You have uh, large uh, um, companies like Google and Netflix who are against this mm -hmm. kind of structure. And so this is going to be dragged out in court for several years. And in that time, you might have a different administration different who might change the rules. So the yeah. switch isn't being flipped overnight. <laughs> I love that optimistic uh, <laughs> hey, conclusion now. of it. Exactly. Okay. Hey, Hal, time for a, a quick break here. Nikki, uh, Nikki Schwab joining us from uh, the Daily Mail uh, here with Igor Volsky and all of you on this day before Thanksgiving, Wednesday, November 22nd. Is it all right for a man who's 30 years old to date and court a young lady who is 14 years old with their parents' consent? Is it or is it no. not at my house? No. no. Download our podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. Live video, Bill's commentary, the best clips from the show, all in one place. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Okay, on a Wednesday, November 22nd, wrapping up here before we uh, unleash into uh, the big Thanksgiving uh, holiday. It is The Bill Press Show coming to you live coast to coast all over this great land of ours. We're there with you, um, whether you're in the car, at home, uh, in the office, out for a jog, or whatever. Joining you on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Out in the Chicago area on the great WCPT. And, of course, on Free Speech TV with Igor Volsky from Center for American Progress Action Fund here in studio with us as a friend of Bill and Nikki Schwab joining us from uh, the Daily Mail. And if we're all looking so it was so cold so in here fine and so spiffy this so morning. So dapper. Yes, so dapper. 
Uh, it's thanks to uh, the great talent of uh, Carol Press. There is talent in the Press family, I want you to know. <laughs> we're, we're looking for it. <laughs> uh, and we're all sporting one of her hand-woven scarves. Uh, these are all rayon chenille. She also does them in bamboo. As you can see, there are lots of different ways of wearing ways them. Of wearing them. Of we're styling out different them. styles they style Different styles, different colors, different patterns. Uh, these are just a few, three. So, But check out all of them. Uh, go to our website, BillPressShow.com. Click on the link to Carol Press Scarves. Uh, and it feels very nice around the neck, by the way. Mine is mine is tight and warm around the neck, yeah. and it's very comfortable. It's very, very cozy. I love it. No, but when you wear them out, I always do this. Just be, You want that protection. You do want your, the protection, yeah. especially when it's windy here in D.C. Right. It's like essential to have a scarf. All right. So the perfect gift for some for you, yourself, or someone you love for the holiday, uh, again, go to BillPressShow.com. Click on the link, Carol Press Scarves. And Nikki Schwab, I haven't seen you since we were both in the Rose Garden uh, yesterday, yes. a special guest of the Big Turkey himself. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he started out by uh, wishing uh, everybody, a uh, with a little help here from uh, Drumstick, a uh, happy Thanksgiving. On behalf of Melania, Barron, and the entire Trump family, I want to wish you and all Americans a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving. And I hear that beautiful turkey. <laughs> And he couldn't help but get a little joke, a couple of jokes in. Oh, my goodness. Out. That Obama joke, I I was kind of dying over that. Still Oba- laughing. <laughs> I'm still laughing over it. Um, the Obama joke saying that. Ba- basically, you know, he, he's saying how he'd been trying to flip all of, you know, Obama's executive actions. I actually wrote down the quote. However, I've been informed by the White House Counsel's Office that Tater and Todd's pardons cannot under any circumstances be revoked. And Tater and Todd are the two turkeys that President Obama pardoned last year. And it's actually kind of incredible that they're alive because these turkeys usually die within know, the next th- year because yeah. they're basically too obese to live. But Tater and Todd are uh, still flourishing at Virginia Tech. And so that was, you know, sort of the premise of the joke is that. So Tater and Todd, you <laughs> can rest is. easy. <laughs> um, you, you know, he would have killed those two birds if he could have. I mean, oh, Tater no. and Todd are like, we survived for this <laughs> yeah. like, to live in the Trump era. You... And then we find out that they've been flown to Mar-a-Lago and then suddenly they're gone. Yeah, right. <laughs> Would not surprise anybody. As like Trump is like pictured on Twitter, like licking his lips, like mm, mm. delicious. Oh, I have to tell you goodness. the most embarrassing. Uh, I, so I tweeted out several photos yesterday of the the three, the, the Melania and Byron, and and the president standing there together, uh, and then his pardoning the bird, where they're all sitting around the table. Then I went up and I got a picture of drumstick, uh, and I just tweeted out this. It's it's big turkey. Oh, it's 47 huge. 47 pounds. I, I met a, them at the Willard the day before. It was They're on massive. This, on this table. So I just picked a, 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 there's a that's a big ass bird. Well, standing behind the bird is this young woman. Oh. I didn't recognize, realize. Uh-oh. Was Tiffany. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, good. So something I drumstick. Poor Tiffany. <laughs> I know. It's always Tiffany. Tiffany looked nice yesterday. So she I did thought. look nice, but anyhow, I got tweets back, people saying, you shouldn't talk that way about Tiffany. Uh. I was, for the record, talking about the bird. I didn't even know who it was standing there. You know, there. Tiffany is like Michelle and Destiny's child, right? Always forgotten, yeah. never talked about, always... Though I, though I will say that there, the there was a big bird comparison yesterday with Tiffany because she was basically wearing like a coat and it looked like nothing else. Like it was like coat and like giant pair of legs. If you looked at the photos, so I could, I could oh, see Oh, drumstick, I think is going to be very happy. Bird, uh, comparison there. <laughs> you know, last time I saw Tiffany was at the convention. And I actually thought she gave a very nice speech. I, I think out of, out of all the children, I, I actually... 
probably liked hers the best. It's so funny because I was sitting there with my White House correspondent, Francesca Chambers, at the convention, and I was I was reporting on Tiffany's speech, and I thought that she did very well yeah. for a woman of her age and for someone who's never really done anything in politics and who hadn't really campaigned with her dad. That's right. And Francesca was like, oh, no, that was terrible. Right. And yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, you know— it, it was it was a teleprompter speech. How well can you possibly deliver it? And I I definitely gave. I mean, her, her dad still struggled. I, with I that, would like so. to point out that uh, Tiffany, who lives in Washington D.C., oh, she goes to Georgetown, Georgetown Law. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, gets a, a, invited to approximately two Trump family functions a year. It's true. It's, mm-hmm. We don't see it's, Tiffany. It's, that's why I didn't recognize her. Well, she didn't grow so, up with them. She grew up, grew up in California. Yeah, so that's true. Understandable. So uh, this was not the only appearance of the president yesterday. It was the only public, I mean, planned on the scheduled appearance, but he. Uh, went down to Mar-a-Lago on his way out to the helicopter, as is his want these days. He can't resist stopping to the gaggle of reporters and sounding off. You were there for that I as was well. there for that, front and, and center. And he changed his um, direction. There's been this question, would he remain silent on Roy Moore and just do what he had said, let the people of Alabama decide without taking sides? No, 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 no. It looks like Steve Bannon and Kellyanne oh. Conway got to him. Uh, so why should we vote for this pervert? Here's Donald Trump's answer. Roy Moore denies it. That's all I can say. He denies it. And, and by the way, he totally denies it. He totally, he denies totally denied it. it. So the new rubric, I guess, is if you deny it, it didn't happen. Correct. That's as far as it goes, that's, right? That's I mean, a, that's basically I mean, Trump also denied it. And so he also thinks that he should get a pass on the on all of the allegations thrown against him last October. You know, every, every time you think we've reached a new low, it just keeps getting lower. Like, there's no end in sight. And the fact that, you know, I mean, we it's it's kind of funny that he's defending an alleged child molester, but the fact that the coverage is, oh, of course he's going to do this. This is so expected. And we don't apply any kind of real rubric to what he says or think about the consequences of what he's saying. Uh, to me, is like a well, real low. Well, what is? Just but we're beyond being low. shocked by anything he says or does. It, because it's daily. I mean, did you see his tweets this morning? I mean, oh, they, oh, they were, you know, uh, he went after Levar Ball again. He retweeted somebody that like mocked Hillary. I mean, it's just day after day, and so it's such an onslaught of things that you know. If previous presidents would have done one of these things, I think we'd all be shocked. It would be a national scandal. It would be a national scandal, but it's like every single day. So, you know, as he's talking about Roy Moore yesterday, I mean, I was just, you know, of course course he's going to do this. Because, you know, they're so desperate to get a Republican in this seat because they see the seat potentially slipping away. And with that tax reform, that they're basically giving Alabama voters an out or an excuse to vote for Roy Moore. I mean, and the other sort of part of this is that there's chatter that once he gets to the Senate, he will be expelled from the Senate. And so they're giving, you know, Republican Alabama Alabama voters cover to make this selection and say, you know, you need to sort of vote with your party, vote with your moral conviction, but also vote for a child molester. And let's just call it for what An it alleged is. Child An alleged child molester. But let's just say that Donald Trump in the Trump family are going to benefit tremendously under the tax reform bill, uh, whichever version, if it passes through the repeal of the estate tax, through the through the the beneficial way that pass through corporations, the entire Trump empire is a pass through corporation. Getting rid of the alternative minimum. Getting rid of the alternative minimum. So he's going to gain millions and millions of dollars from the election of a child molester. 
him and Republican donors. I mean, that but, th- there's there's a there's I mean, a factor. But, but wait, 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 really wait both of you. Just wait a minute. You don't realize. We want to go back to Tiffany. No. <laughs> that was more. That was happier. <laughs> no, but you don't realize that. Of course, we have to vote for the pervert because if we, I, I prefer that to molester the pervert or the pedophile because if we don't, we might get something worse. We might, here's Donald Trump, we might get a Democrat. We don't need a liberal person in there, a Democrat, Jones. I've looked at his record. It's terrible in crime. It's terrible in the border. It's terrible in the military. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible in crime. This is a former U.S. prosecutor (laughs) for Birmingham who put in jail the the, the guys that bombed the church. Like, decades after they had done it, nobody else had gone after these guys, and Doug Jones did— and put them away, but he's got he's soft on crime. Yeah. It, it, so it clearly, the tax cut, you're right, mm-hmm. to benefit, which will benefit I him, know. and by the way, every other member of his cabinet. I mean, yeah. they're looking at this yeah. is a Trump cabinet yeah. tax cut, especially someone like Betsy DeVos and uh, Steve Mnuchin and, Steve, and Gary Steve Cohen Mnuchin. go down the yeah. list, right? That's more important to him than morality or saving children or whatever. And I think you saw with with Kellyanne last Thursday, she had been like, hey, I was the first person to say, you know, to sort of, you know, scowl at Roy Moore and say he was a bad person. And, you know, is there any child that's worth a Senate seat? And then, you know, her her tone shifted a couple days later. And I think it's because they were doing sort of the Senate math. They were seeing that, you know, they've got enough sort of wobbly votes on that legislation that if they don't have that Alabama Senate seat with a Republican sitting in it, that, you know, it really could not happen. And then what is his but, legislative victory for this year? Right. I mean, this entire year, he's done basically nothing when it comes to Congress. You know, there's also, I know. Well, except for the courts. He's, he's, yeah, he's quickly I mean, packed well, the courts in his about, image. Well, you know, yeah. And, pure... and, and you at Center for American Progress Action Fund have been talking Thank about you. that. I think it's worth, uh, you know, bringing us all up to date. Because one of his, any president's lasting legacy, probably the most most important one, yeah. are, are their judicial appointments. Yeah. Because they're federal appointments and they last forever. And he has racked up, under the radar, a good number of yeah. them. Yeah. So, by the way, this is the latest episode of Thinking Cap explores this question. Uh, the Which is Cap the podcast. Pro- podcast, yeah. yes. This is uh, the second shameless plug. The, oh, I only get hour. two. I only get two. <laughs> uh, look, he's nominated 59 judges. Um, he came into the job with about 100 vacancies, and that's because, of course, Republicans blocked Block, Obama sure. for years. And then, of course, Harry Reid changed the filibuster, so now it's easier for him to get these judges through. He has 59 judges nominated. He's gotten eight of them through, uh, including um, Neil Gorsuch, of course, in the Supreme Court. Now, the the disappointing piece of this is that all of these judges uh, look like Trump and sound like Trump. And by that, I mean about 81 percent of them are white and 90 something percent of them are male, um, which, you know, not only uh, ensures that the courts look like a certain segment of America, but don't represent all of America, 
but also when you look at the political beliefs, really politicizes the courts in ways that we haven't seen before. Um, and I think erodes people's confidence that if they go to a court of law, that the law will be applied to them equally and fairly and not whatever that judge's particular view um, uh, of, of, of people is, which is how a lot. Of, I mean, you have you have people who he has nominated who are there's a 30. There's this guy who's like 32 years old. I don't remember his name now. Yeah, he's, th- right, he's like 32 years old. I he's never practiced yeah, law, never prosecuted um, a case. Never, never prosecuted a case after the Newtown shooting. He swore his allegiance to the National Rifle Association. And when asked if he would recuse himself from cases where the NRA is a party, he said he wouldn't. Uh, and also, of course, a man who failed to disclose all kinds of his, information. His wife is a white works for the White House Counsel's Office, and yeah. that was a big one. And I, I know that I think it was Diane Feinstein that sort of called that out and was like, "This is a big problem. Like that is the most obvious conflict of interest, and you didn't you didn't mark that down on any of your forms. Like that's ridiculous." And he his current job is helping judiciary nominees fill out yeah, those the, forms. That's the, the irony. Great irony in yeah, it, right? Exactly. <laughs> But they're just going to roll them through. They're rolling them through. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, um, Republican. This guy, he still hasn't been confirmed yet. He has. Is he likely to be even? They are rubber stamping all of these nominees. I mean, the Senate has an advising consent role where they're supposed to actually look at the records. They don't do that. I think four of Trump's nominees have gotten a uh, zero rating from the American Bar Association, including this guy, including this guy, and they are just sailing right through. And you know, I actually got um, an email from somebody in Rob. Rob Portman's office, who I would think would be like one of these senators who potentially would push back. And, you know, they're actually like, we're really for this guy. So even sort of these like these monitors, these moderate uh, people you would think might monitor some of this stuff as far as Republicans go are are still like, no, 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 we're going to let this all slide through. One thing, uh, this is another subject that um, you've been on top of, Igor, Um, in fact, uh, uh, taking the lead on is that we know that they're not only going to get their tax cut bill passed before the end of the year, but they're also going to pass this legislation which will ban bump stocks, of course, after uh, Las Vegas, right? That's right. Well, look, I mean, bump stocks, I guess, if you're going to do the obvious lowest hanging fruit after a mass shooting. One would think. One would think that bump stocks wouldn't be, would, would without without even a thoughts, without even any second thought, you would you would push that through. So, okay, let's let's applaud them for after, but they're not you know, do thousands it. of mass yeah. shootings. But they're not going to do it, right? Well, they, they're keep, not, they keep sort huh? of, I mean, I mean what, it might what, be, incl- I think the, the current conversation is that it might be included in some piece, in some piece of legislation that's moving. Really? I, I. I, yeah. I I'm skeptical even of that. Died, but I mean, it, I, mean I just I think, haven't. I, I think there's some there's You're some right. chatter that it's a it's a possible. But these packages are now coming together now, so we'll we'll see we'll right. see what's in it. But no. I mean, right? Don't do the background checks. Don't do uh, the uh, bring back the assault weapons ban. You would think again the lowest hanging fruit of all would be. The bump stock to convert that semi-automatic into a machine gun, and it you looked like it think. had support at first, and then it and then it was sort of this bouncing it I, between, like I think, what ATF well, and Congress, mm-hmm. whether it should be legislation. I, I'm or some glad sort of to hear you say action. there's even a possibility it would go past before the end of the year. Um, I think uh, uh, I think not, but we'll we'll find out. Uh, are we ready, Jamie? Yes. All right. So the two of you now we we need your help here because we're coming into Thanksgiving. Last Thanksgiving was 
a very testy one because oh. it was the first Thanksgiving after Donald Trump was elected. In fact, somebody <laughs> at a poll showed that Thanksgiving dinners last year were actually shorter than they had been in previous years. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh. Yeah, because people wanted to get the hell and out of there scene. before the name Donald Trump came up or something. Yeah. So uh, I think as NBC News has come up with, Jamie. Uh, NBC News spoke to a psychologist and a etiquette expert, mm-hmm. and they offer seven tips for how to survive Thanksgiving dinner where, where, while politics loom large. Okay. Right. All right. All right, guys. So we need your comments on these. Can, if you can add to them or disagree with them or how to survive Thanksgiving tomorrow. And this is this is for me. When you're with your family and there could be some Trump supporters around the table. <laughs> Number one, it's a pretty easy first rule. And this was this is the rule that she, you should take with you. Number one. Don't talk about politics. Just don't do it. <laughs> Top line. Top yes. line rule. That's actually the rule I follow in my life outside of work. All right. I'm much well, happier. Well, I think if that's that's tough sometimes because there's usually somebody there who's going to bring it up, right? Yeah, tell them to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep, keep yourself the two drinks and then <laughs> don't bring up politics. Yeah. yeah I feel like it always devolves, right? Think of a lot of family th- matters you can talk about. That's right. Right? Or weather. No, the, what else do you family, talk about? Family matters, I think, tend to be worse. Betsy, oh, well, how is that divorce going? Question, yeah, that, right? The question is, if you're not talking politics, then what are you talking that, about? That's a good question, and that leads into number two. Okay. And this, I, I wouldn't have expected this to be on the list, but you know, it's not just Trump that's going on right now. Number two is, do allow a conversation about sexual harassment, which is an interesting tip to oh. give <laughs> uh, with family members, especially extended family that you don't know as well. <laughs> Could be a little awkward, but the psychologist encourages these Me Too stories to be shared at Thanksgiving. Ooh. I would think maybe in like a smaller breakdown group, like yeah, after yeah, dinner. Breakout. Some breakout, <laughs> breakout sessions. Group. Yeah, breakout yeah. sessions. That would be nice. Breakout sessions, right. Well, that's a, All right, the that's family, terrible. the, the uh, sexual harassment group will meet in the living room. <laughs> Right. Uh, the Trump people meet on the back porch, right? The I mean, gun maybe... control people can meet in the study. Yeah, I'll lead those discussions. But the, here's the thing. How can you, you say you don't want to talk politics, so we'll talk sexual harassment instead. Which, How can you talk about that without talking about Donald Trump? That's, I mean, that's the problem. Or Al Franken or somebody in, in politics. Roy Moore. I mean, that's... You can't have a conversation about how can we prevent sexual assault how can we make sure that we all play a role in changing the culture that's a healthy conversation i can get behind that so we ta- i don't think i want to talk about rape at the dinner table <laughs> so we talk about where we can have these conversations number three Uh-oh. on nbc news's list how to survive dumb... thanksgiving no this is a good one designate Finally. a politics zone so find oh, a room in the house. Oh I can't God. bring it to the table. Once you get to the table, you got to shut up about politics. Are you sure like, this isn't from The Onion? Where are you reading No, this is from? NBC News. Sure. They put this together. They spoke to some experts. Some fake, fake tips here. All right, let's keep rolling. Number four is don't take the bait and get into an argument. Mm. Always try to take the high road, especially if you got that conservative uncle who knows that you went to a liberal arts school and wants to bait you into some conversation about politics. Take the high road. Get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been able to do this? I mean, last year we had to deal with it. I took the high road at certain, with certain conversation points. Uh, my taking the high road is just doing is just to ignore the comment. 
Or I mean, it's hard for us who do this professionally to have these kinds of conversations, I find, because well, the level of information is, is so different, just naturally. I, I tend to try to, like, moderate the discussion oh, and not oh, actually, oh. like, be a part of it. Also, because I don't want people to sort of know my any sort of bias. Yeah. I mean, of course, like, my close family members sort of know how I feel about politics. But a lot of times I'm going to sort of larger either Friendsgivings or, you know, holiday parties. There's that word again, yeah, Jamie. Jamie's so upset. I love Friendsgiving. Nah, I don't do Friendsgiving. I, I do Friendsgiving. Thanksgiving Jamie with doesn't friends. have any friends. It's going to so. be no, I've done, a, I've done what you call Friendsgiving. I just call it Thanksgiving <laughs> with friends. What? Uh, Igor, to your part. Your it point. rolls off the tongue. Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. Okay. Well, you, you try to moderate. But uh, I want to go to your point. I find that in our profession, right, the main I find of our profession is that we talk about this is what we do, right? Yeah. We talk about on the job all the time. And when you get away from it, that's not what you want to do, but it all happens. All, I'll go out to dinner with friends, lunch with friends. I go to the freaking barbershop, not the barbershop, the hairstylist. And the first thing I say is, oh, I can't wait to hear what you want to, what you have to say yeah. about such and such. Yeah. And that's the last thing I well, want. I want know, to, I don't want to talk about it. Or any thing, cab driver or Uber driver. No, same they thing. They love talking about it. I tend to be more interested in what they have to say. Because sure. I feel like we're in such a bubble in D.C. that especially whenever I get back home to Western Pennsylvania, right. I'll be at like the bar with my dad and be like, so tell me your thoughts. Like, did you like Trump? Always the moderator, you. Look I, at you. I know, I, but I think it's well, interesting. I don't I, want to talk about it. At all, all right, we got to keep rolling through these. Number going. five is heavy. Have a wingman, aka have a sponsor next to you who can grab your wrist and say, let's not talk about this. Let's keep today politics free. So designate a wingman in advance when you're sitting down at the Thanksgiving table. Number six is use humor to deflect. (laughs) (laughs) And number seven. Some jokes. (laughs) Here's my bit for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Can I repeat the jokes that Donald Trump told in the Rose Garden about the turkeys? Yeah, do the high drumstick. Uh, That'll be be your routine. And (laughs) finally, number seven on NBC News is how to survive Thanksgiving when politics loom large article. Take a breather. Uh, the psychologist says, quote, always have an escape route. <laughs> okay, these are garbage. <laughs> you don't like this list? These are garbage. Thank you to NBC News for letting us uh, share them on air. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be hard to avoid politics and, and talk of Trump this Thanksgiving. So somebody raises their face down to me and says, you know, I just have to go out for a smoke, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've picked up smoking. I need a cigarette <laughs> break. I've been smoking my entire I'm going to go out for a pack but... of cigarettes and a gallon of milk and never come back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, wherever, whether it's Friendsgiving or Thanksgiving, wherever it is, whomever you're with, uh, have a great one, guys. Thank you. You and as thanks well. Thanks so Thank much for you. coming Enjoy. in. Yeah. Nikki Schwab, it's great to see you. You can follow Nikki, of course, at The Guardian. Daily, yeah, um, Guardian. Whoa, yeah, whoa that come the from? other the other British pub. <laughs> that Daily Mail, Daily Mail. right? <laughs> DailyMail uh, and AmericanProgress.org is where Igor right. hangs out. Have a great, great Thanksgiving, everybody, and we will see you on Monday. This Have a good one. Is the Bill Press Show.